Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mentally Chill. Diagnoses, neuroses, and everything between. Today, you're here with Irene. With Mel. With Grant. And Kelsey. And we will be talking about dating and mental illness, particularly the first couple months of dating or before you start dating and how you communicate uh, that mental illness is present. So I'd like to put a question out to the group to start us out. How um, do you think in your in your dreams what would be the best way to come out uh as someone with mental illness to someone new Ooh, i like the question (laughs) i think for myself i always went uh as soon as i was open to talking about my mental illness i kind of was in the mindset where i let it all hang out and i pretty much tried to tell people as soon as I could mm-hmm. what what they were getting into. <laughs> Same with like, you know, by the first time we hung out at someone's house, I would always go like just in my sweatpants, my t-shirt, no makeup, and be Love like, it. you know what? Yeah, this is it. This is who I am. <laughs> I will say sexual assault is harder to talk about in the beginning mm-hmm. of a relationship when uh, it doesn't feel for me. It's like, I don't know, that's just a trickier one. But I usually want to, in my dream world, I tell them, right off the bat, take it or leave it. I'm not trying to hide it. Here it is. Um. So, I don't think for me that, I don't, th- I guess I didn't really think I had a mental illness until it was just you and me. Yeah. Like, I didn't think about, I didn't think, I mean, I knew I had anxiety, but I didn't know to what extent that, or what degree that. It was there. Right. Yeah. So, back to the question I brought to you earlier. (laughs) What was the question? Because I already forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) When did you know? I mean, not like, not like, you know, August 16th. Yeah. 2016 or something but yeah um I don't know I mean I didn't it wasn't just like a one day kind of thing of oh wow like you oh, have, wow he's crazy yeah you have issues with anxiety it, it didn't like hit me like that it was just like an ongoing kind of slope up to the problem and I think like once we figured it out together more or less I, you know um, then it was like, okay, we can do things, we have these options, let's take these steps and see how this goes. Right. So, yeah, I think we figured yours out together more. Because I, I, whenever you told me that you had anxiety as a kid, it kind of was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess in myself, I didn't know to what degree it had manifested itself Yeah. to... Yeah, so you guys have an interest, like a different story right. than mm-hmm. Mel and I, because Mel and I both knew 
what, what you, we were dealing with. Right. What you had to offer. Before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what baggage we had checked in. <laughs> and and you guys kind of had it develop as you were dating. Right. So, yeah, no, it's interesting to see both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is one preferred to the other? I don't know. I think there's pros and cons to both. I don't think they're like I wouldn't I don't prefer going into anything like knowing how we went about it and how we discovered it together. I can't say I prefer you coming at me straight up and like, like hey, I have this. This is I'm very good. thankful that I have acknowledged what I have and I have been able to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that is partly because of you. A big part is you've let me kind of express myself in a way that I haven't really thought about. Yeah. So um, I've been able to find ways to cope with that. Yeah, I would say that I feel like for you guys that feels true and accurate where I don't know if you weren't in a relationship with Kelsey, you might not have had the support to be able to figure that out about yourself. Right. And kind of like put a name to what you're feeling. Yeah. And the perspective. You need, sometimes you need another perspective yeah. mm-hmm. um, to really be like, hey, like I think this is more than just a one time thing. I think this is kind of an ongoing thing that you're dealing with. Right. I do think a lot of people feel pretty intimidated talking about that in new relationships, though, or dating, even friends, I think. I think it can be kind of a scary topic to broach. Yeah, Definitely. I you know, like our last podcast, we talked about sexual orientation and there was talk of coming out and it's like, well, you kind of have to come out when mm-hmm. you um, tell someone you're mentally ill, but you're dating. And once you know, you know, um, I've been in relationships where I knew I was mentally ill, but instead of um instead of telling them I kind of just let them figure out because I hope my mental illness would just resolve itself from being in a relationship turns out it doesn't (laughs) do you think that scares a lot of people like to not tell them no to like if you're very upfront about it I don't because, I mean, I know you guys, and I Depends know, like... on the timing. Right. No, yeah. I, know how, I know how you would react to it, like... I mean, I don't want to say the average person, but, like, do you think... Do you think most people would come off shocked by it? In my dating experience, I've found that... I think timing is everything, kind mm-hmm. of like what you guys were saying, but I think that there are a lot more people who here if you're like oh you know I have this and this that they want to fix you you get more people I think the harder part is that then someone wants to fix you yeah and just trying to figure out together that like this isn't something that one person can fix like if anyone's going to fix it it's going to be me and I can be supported through it but a person a relationship can't fix you right and honestly like when you have a laundry list of diagnoses like both Mel and myself it's not like if you went in first date and just like 
blah, here's all my stuff, I'm giving you all of my diagnoses, and here's my trauma, and here's my this, you know, that would send a sane person running, and an insane person ready to fix you. That explains a lot about my previous relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have found that, you know, like, luckily with Mel and I, we both were friends for a long time before we started dating ever. And we both knew these things about the other person, um, both uh, mentally and physically, um, knew the issues that the other person was facing. And that made it a lot easier. So I definitely believe in being friends with someone before you court them, but I know that's not always the case. Yeah. What is, do you guys have experiences before marriage? I know, like, I kind of touched on my stuff very briefly. <laughs> where you've dated people where it's been handled differently or where you knew someone immediately had some stuff going on? I don't think that I've ever dated anyone that, I guess, has ever had an issue with mental health. Mm-hmm. Or... If they did, I have never been able to see it or acknowledge it in them. Uh, my actual first boyfriend, he started, I know that he saw a therapist before we started dating and then probably like halfway through our relationship, he started going back again and I was just always very curious of like, okay, like one, cause we were young. I think I was like 16, he was 17. We started dating, we were like 15 and 16. And I was thinking like, okay, is it because of me? Like, because mm -hmm. when you're that young and you're in your first relationship, you're still figuring out that things are not always about you. And I can remember being like, hey, like, okay, like this is such a serious topic and but I want to know more about it. Like, what am I doing wrong? Why do you need to do this if you're with me? Like, are you not happy with me? And he just had more, I mean, he had like family stuff going on and, you know, I don't want to get too into his stuff, but. You don't have him on as a guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I can remember then thinking like okay so he would kind of tell me what he was thinking and how he felt and why he thought he needed to go back again and I remember thinking like oh my gosh I have thought some of those very similar thoughts mm -hmm. like now something is wrong with me and but I don't know I I think that's when I realized it's okay like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I think more so because he didn't make it seem like it was that big of a deal. He made it seem like, this is what I do, and it really helps me. Yeah. And kind of like the end, sure. you know? Yeah. Perspective so, is everything in that. Yeah. He yeah. was very open to, like, talking about why he felt like he needed to go, what issues he felt like he needed to talk about. And after getting, I think, past that initial, like... I don't guess like many teenage girl freak out of <laughs> I am not everything you need. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, all right, this is 
this is not weird. This is not a bad thing to do. Like, I think I could actually use this. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that feeling that you felt of being, um, like, the cause or, or some kind of, like, the reason that this is happening or conversely, like, the fixer of things, like, I think those feelings are really common in people, um, regardless of whether they're teenage girls or not. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people have tried to fix me, and, um, none of the attempted suit dresses (laughs) (laughs) have, uh, have worked yet because it's like Mel said it's work that I need to work on myself yeah but it's hard watching someone you care about go through all this and think well what am I doing wrong yeah what am you know that's a very normal response and I've seen it before makes me feel better yeah I think that for me telling people about my mental illnesses right away is more of a was almost sort of a defense mechanism uh, where it's like, okay, let me give you the reasons that someone might break up with me, <laughs> or let me just, like, I'll try to scare you off if possible beforehand, and then if you're still okay, that's cool, because yeah. it's like, I don't want to find out later down the line that, that, like, that's an issue, and it's also, I think you have to understand, too, like, the right person, like, and I, I say this to Irene, you know, it's like the right person is not going to be scared of any baggage you have and that you can't be ashamed of the baggage that you have too because it is, it's a part of your story. And yeah. the person who wants to be in your future story is not going to be afraid of your past story. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. It's a good saying. We're Thank awesome. you. We all got a little bit of baggage. Yeah, we all do. A little do. bit of junk in the trunk. I think yeah. I, I think I have like a Louis Vuitton set of baggage. Uh-huh. Yeah. At least it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think my baggage. I wanted like to be couture. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like mine might have like been through some fires <laughs> yeah. and dropped out an airplane. Duct tape. Yeah, I didn't say together. it was still looking good. I said <laughs> it was baggage. Um, um, I think you're the first person that. I've really talked to about mental health. Yeah. I can and see I don't that. Know That's why so that, cool. I don't know why that is. Well, you're a people pleaser. You don't want anyone to feel like they need to do anything for you. Right. And I don't know. I don't know how your previous relationships were, but I, you well, were I a lot you, like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember seeing a lot in the beginning. It was very it's all about you like talking about me like you like you were saying this to me and I can only do that for so long like I think in the beginning of our relationship I hadn't had that in so long so I was like yes it is all about me (laughs) and then I was like okay but like there's two of us right (laughs) Takes two to tango. Yeah, I know how it is to not ever be considered and to feel like you've never been considered. And I think you do too now. You just didn't realize maybe that's what was going on. Right. Yeah. And it's tough finding 
out your mentally ill when you're already tied to someone because it's just like you're like oh my god I'm such a burden yeah no. oh my gosh yeah, like I'm putting so like much that. on them but I think that most reasonable partners would say that you know they're in for the long haul you know they're they're ready for it mm-hmm. um when you're younger when you're a teenager um as some of our listeners might be it's like it's it's a little different you know right. things might seem like they're just for the short term and um you know maybe you, that's harder do you think do you think mental health has become is becoming more i guess acceptable to talk about in I, recent i think so certainly years? like mm-hmm. i know I mean, it's been a while since I was on the dating market now, but <laughs> I don't know. I always felt like I enjoyed those conversations, even in dating. Like, my least favorite part of the dating process is the part where you both have to pretend like you're perfect. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, as soon as someone kind of, like, reveals a little bit about their past and, like, kind of humanizes themselves, I like someone so much more when they look more human Yeah, and not perfect yeah and so I never minded like learning about like what what kind of made them who they are like the good and the bad yeah because it's like okay the surface stuff is just it's so boring where it's like well yes oh your eyes are beautiful your shirt is lovely you know those those surface conversations where it's like tell me about your pets yeah (laughs) it's like inconsequential conversations yeah so no maybe people feel like like I do with with that kind of stuff, or, I don't know, I think there's also a need right now for a lot of people to feel like, I think by the time a lot of people meet nowadays, especially in 2020, they might have been talking for a couple months before they actually physically meet. Yeah. So I think, is the year. <laughs> that's a point. So I think that... The first, year of romance. Yeah. <laughs> so I think some of those conversations might kind of just sneak out, or you might sort of get a little taste of that just in the the pre pre seeing someone in person phase. Yeah. Just from talking and texting. I like that. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean I like that it's become more of a staple to talk about it. Me I think too. it's good for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you know, I kind of struggle I don't think that my first couple dates would include my mental illness uh illnesses I should say um just because I deal with some things that a lot of people don't know about um I think depression and and not to like diminish what anyone's saying But, you know, it's one thing to tell someone I have depression or anxiety. Because I think everyone has felt those feelings. Mm -hmm. To some extent, they might not have an anxiety disorder, but they felt anxious. But I have mood disorders. You know, I have my bipolar. I have my borderline. Anyone who knows anything about borderline probably running tail between their legs because... We're not known to be very reasonable. 
and I think that it takes probably like day three through five for me to be like totally open mm -hmm. with a person to tell them what I have going on um, because it is kind of a it can be a bigger time commitment, but that doesn't mean that depression is some small thing that shouldn't be worried about. Um, or anxiety is nothing. It's just a lot of people don't, you know, people know a little bit about depression, anxiety, and know even less about borderline and bipolar. And so it can be a lot scarier for them. Makes but maybe sense. I'm just nervous about it, and maybe I don't need to be. It's hard not being yeah, nervous. I think that's natural. Mm -hmm. I think the app I use, MoodPath, and they're not sponsoring us, but... Not yet. They could. <laughs> I... But, so I just did the two-week thing where it did the results for the past two weeks. So it asked you questions three times a day, and so for two weeks... Three times a day. What's three times? 14. 14, oh 30, 28, uh, 12. Oh, 42. 42. Oh, my gosh. Well, three We're math all majors math here. Majors. I was not. Um, <laughs> not the so, show. yeah, no. 40, 42 <laughs> times I answered I was nervous as part of one of the things. Oh, every single time? Every single time. Because I just feel like I have this never-ending nervousness. Nerve. Yeah. That's tough. It really, like... It really like wraps around your nervous system and just like you just it like feel... squeezes you mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not. I don't know. No wonder you're so tired all the time. Yes. Yeah, like, yes. It's pretty. Tired. It's exhaust. Yeah. It's like you know you're tense all the time. And then you get home and you're in your own element, and then you finally feel like you can relax. And, and then, then you can't yeah. twerk. You crash. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm getting better at twerking. <laughs> yeah, I have hypervigilance and it is very tiring, especially being in new environments because it's like you're taking everything in like double, triple speed right. and looking for like any perceived threats every single place. Right. And like every, like you have to analyze like every person, every object in the room and just. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> do you feel like you have you to feel do like that? you yeah, have that level? Well, yeah, because you know, everywhere I go, I'm super observant. That's very and I'm true. really. I'm on top, like, all right, this person's doing this, this person's wearing yeah. black shoes, and yeah. blah, blah. like, I'm just watching everyone all the time. That's very, I, I've never really kind of put yeah. those two together. I feel like that's not what my anxiety looks like, so to me, when I hear it, I'm like, maybe, like, it could be more in the hypervigilance space than the anxiety space, and just something to consider and focus on as you're monitoring yourself mm -hmm. um because i mean one is distinctly more challenging than the other i would say i have not met someone who has hypervigilance who does not have anxiety as well <laughs> yeah but i'm Fair. more saying like but it's it's not it's not the other way around. Like you can have anxiety like without I do without right. having hypervigilance. You know, like right. I don't I don't look at details. I'm not afraid that people that like I'm gonna be a victim every time I see a person. 
see, I kind of feel like, not that I'm going to be a victim, but I feel like I need to be prepared for everything at the moment's notice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think everyone sees themselves as a potential victim, but it's like, you don't got to get ready if you stay ready. That kind of thing. <laughs> like, if we walk into a restaurant or something, I know where all the exits are, the closest exit. I know yeah. if someone looks suspicious or... Uh -huh. I'm so oblivious. I just like... Yeah. I go um, to the bathroom one time at least just to make sure I know where the exits are. Are at. you serious? Yeah. I, I have know to know where things are at I, just in case. I feel that. <laughs> and it's exhausting. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially like when you are with someone who is a touch more oblivious. Hello, that's me. Oh, uh, yes. And I... <laughs> Perfect. I mean, you know, for all of her anxiety and stuff like that is the opposite. My of... anxiety is inward. I'm like, I hate myself. I, I, maybe that's not anxiety. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what's, like, what's my heart doing? Like, what's my heart rate doing? Oh, uh, like, okay. Irene, I'll be like walking on the street and she'll be like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, person to the left, person to the right. Yeah, dog person to the right. There's there. a dog over yeah, there. There's a car coming there. up there. On the balcony of the five stories. What's the license plate of that car moving by? That yeah. looks suspicious. Oh, I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had it's this constantly. this thing. I don't remember what it was, but or like a day where I was like hypervigilant. I don't know, it was just like maybe my anxiety was just like super, super, super turned up or yeah. something like that. But it was like was the it when most you were feeling manic. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. But I was like, it was the most exhausting day of my life. Because you're constantly processing just, all this information. Yeah, it's just like your brain is like running on a trip. It's like, you know how they have the athletes that are at like running with the tubes in their mouths and stuff like that and they're just like <gasps> measuring <gasps> their all that like stuff. I feel like that's how your brain is but like for 24 hours yeah and that's why when I get home I'm just like all right I can relax You're because in I'm in place. my environment yeah yeah it's like being in the hunger games except no one else knows but you <laughs> right like when I'm at work right every car that pulls into the parking lot I know the make and model and how long it's been there and if it's suspicious or... Mm -hmm. That's so true that you say that because the other day when I picked you up, you're like, that Suburban has been here for like X amount of time. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't moved. And it, yeah, and I was like, all I noticed, I didn't even notice the Suburban when I pulled in first off and it's the closest parking spot to the entrance. I drove right by it and like, I had no idea. And then you pointed it out to me and I was like, ooh, all blacked out Suburban, that's nice. <laughs> but I'm sure you find it as exhausting as oh yeah. It's just for you're sure constantly analyzing every situation. Yeah, and mm. looking for every possible outcome from exactly. every possible object, person, living creature. Does yeah. it stress you guys out more being with people that you feel are very oblivious to? I think to some degree it does because I know you're kind of oblivious and you you don't mean to be. I mean that's just who you are. Yeah. So I feel like I need to take up for the both of us. <laughs> like, all right, if something were to happen, this is what I'm going to do with her. This is where we're going to go. This is what we're going to do. I mean, it's... Do you feel like I, I stress you out more being... Like whenever we went to France, do you yeah. feel like... You, oh, Because yeah. you've been to France <laughs> Yeah, no, you stress me out me. because I'm like, <laughs> all right, if someone tries to kidnap you, this is what I'm going to do. Well, well, I mean, oh. no one's going to try and kidnap me. You were going to... Liam Neeson, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna because you've been there so many no, I times, have. 
before. But adding someone like you've never been out of the country, so adding putting you into a completely different environment, a new country, it stressed me out. And knowing how I am, right? I get that. When it's me and Irene, I feel more responsibility. Because I know she's not thinking about any of these things. <laughs> God, we're in the same boat. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I find that if I'm in, like, a group, it it's easier for me. I Ooh. agree. Like, if the four of us went out, I would feel less like I have yes. to. Because it's like, okay. We got well, each other, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> because it's, I don't know, it's like, people don't want to mess with, like, a group as much as they want right. to mess with, like, in our case, especially, like, two women just, like, walking around. or Yeah. You know, right. And... I mean, I love Irene with all my heart, but her muscle mass. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, she's scrappy. She'll fight someone. I mean, she's the same way. She's pretty feisty. I almost fought someone t- within the past couple weeks. So <laughs> I'm the only person here who has almost fought someone. That's true. I love how me and Mel are usually like, Grant and Irene is... They're the same person, and I feel like this... Right now, it's kind of like... Right yeah. now, you guys are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> we're good at codenames on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a... I don't know. There's a lot of people out there, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Situation. You're not, you're not alone. Yeah. yeah, not even alone in this room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I think therapy can help that i mean what would you say Ooh, can anything vigilance can anything help like i know there are 19 steps in your apartment for each floor i know that too. what no i had no like idea like 19 steps from the top Did until i count? put my <laughs> foot on the bottom why would i do count? You count do you count from like the the bottom and the top is a stair so as soon as i put my foot down off the first i start counting and gotcha. then when my foot hits the landing that's that's the last that's one. the last one cool because some people don't count the last step no like, i mean i mean you gotta know where the last one is yeah. right or she's how gonna many fall over. steps were in our well if you go blind 14, then that's really it good. used to be 18 at our old apartment what there are more stairs here if you, you go just, if you go blind you, that's really like helpful. if someone breaks in the middle of the night you need to know exactly how many steps are down there so you know exactly how many I'm going to fall down. Well, no, like, all right, I can be super, like, stealthy yeah. about it. I mean, it's it's just something you know. No. I mean, <laughs> for me, it's something I have to know. Yeah, if I don't yeah. know, I feel like I'm you, failing yeah. almost. It makes you feel better if you know right. those kinds of things. Yeah. Do you think that, just on it, like, well, going back to our original topic, yeah. do you feel like... When we come to the table with mental illnesses, we are kind of more likely to fail in, like, getting a relationship started. I don't. I agree. I don't know. it's my charm. I don't know. Yeah. Our charm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel that way, babe? Somewhat. I feel... I feel like um, there's been a lot of media and um, such that have made bipolar disorder seem like a crazy person disease. Yeah. Um, Borderline personality disorder isn't really known much about, um, but people think about split personality disorder Mm -hmm. and assume you're crazy. Um, and it's not even called split personality disorder anymore. Um, so I feel like I am walking in with the decrement 
of like, sorry, uh, I'm speaking my job. I'm walking in with something that makes it harder for me to find someone. To be loved. Yeah. I will say, for me, I don't feel like it stops me from getting into relationships, but I have seen my physical health and what I feel like my mental health will become like an issue later on. Yes. I think that it's like you can tell someone like, oh, I have this going on. And they're like, I don't know if it's like the part of them that wants to save you and fix you and help you. And then kind of when they realize that that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> then I think it's, I think that's when I've seen things start to deteriorate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or like that I don't want their help with this. I know before you've told me about this, not so much like romantic relationships, but friendships that you've, you know, been very open with what you have going on. And Mm -hmm. then you have felt like they get to a certain point where they're like, okay, this is, this is kind of enough for me. Yeah. I think that it seems like people, it seems easier at first than to actually put it into practice to be maybe like in a relationship with someone who has mental, physical stuff going on where mm-hmm. it's, like, until it becomes inconvenient for someone else. Yeah. Like, if if my, like, diagnoses and neuroses become an inconvenience, like, when I'm feeling physically ill and I can't go out or something, yeah. and it's people are like, oh, well, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but I still want to go, so I'm yeah. going to go. That's yeah. when you kind of learn, like, who your, your people are, who, like, value you and who just thinks that you like, are using you as, like, a boredom tool to do what they want to do, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't scared off by you at first. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad that you weren't. Well, you know. You always love a mystery. I do. <laughs> and I'm so mysterious. I don't think you are, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Sure. Sure. <laughs> What a mysterious. I I feel like I'm more mysterious than you. I feel the same way. About, wait, you think about that I'm more mysterious than me? Well, no, I think I'm Oh, more now we're having a Scorpio big dick off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to say I do have the bigger dick here because I'm the only one that does have a dick. Uh, girl, I got fucking a couple in oh, that no. fucking drawer. <laughs> nope. You're about to see a mini carrot you've never seen before. Okay, okay. mini carrot. Well, <laughs> just before we get into that, though, I do want to bring up something that you've said before, Irene, where you have, I can't remember what we were talking about, but you were like, you don't get to make the decision for the other person if they want to be in a relationship with you or not. Like, mm-hmm. they get to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't remember what we were even talking about or what was even going on during that time when you said it pizza maybe probably bizarre and I just moving like yes I agree with that and like you don't get to make the decision for me if I want to do this with you or not like I get to make that decision no I hear what you're saying I feel like though I I don't me being a people pleaser I don't ever want to be a burden and I know with you that you know you don't see it like that, but for me sometimes it's hard not to accept that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, I want to please you so bad that I don't ever want to be a burden. But I know at the same time that's completely 
that's a really illogical thing. Unrealistic. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you want to compare burdens, I literally bring home no money. So, and I go out and spend your money. Well, I mean, I don't, that doesn't bother me, though. Okay, well, that's exactly how I feel about anything you feel like you're a burden about. I was going to make you guys pick between me and Irene for mystery levels. She left the room, but now she's back. I'm uh, sorry for all the creaking. Yeah, creak, creak. Um, mm. But we're introducing a new segment just at the end of our podcast to keep things spoicy. <laughs> so we've all heard, most of us have heard of the game Never Have I Ever. We actually have the game Never Have I Ever. And, um, we are going to pick a card and finish on that note. Are we all ready? Um, if your mom is listening, Susan, if you're listening, just go ahead and stop <laughs> the podcast here. Okay, love you. If it's, if it's too dirty, then we'll just bleep it out. <laughs> okay. We might want to bleep this one out. <laughs> Perfect. Susan, stop playing. <laughs> Okay, never have I ever used a plastic sandwich bag as a condom. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I, I'm i the guy here. I mean, girls can yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Just say, yeah. have you? No, okay, I, I okay. haven't. So, or we could just raise our hands and I could say, three people, raise their hands. I have, uh, I have never. I have I, never. I have never. <laughs> I have never as well. Okay, good. <laughs> right. Glad we're all on the same page with yes. that. Yes. Everyone. Protection is key. Yes. Just not yes. sandwich bags. Yeah, not sandwich <laughs> Real bag. protection. PSA. What would be a good alternative, though, to... Uh, just don't use Driving to the gas station. Yeah. Abstaining. <laughs> making sure But with guys, though, you gotta realize, like, all right, God, we gotta... We're just so... Saran wrap, maybe? No. 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 Do it in your hand. Yeah. The end, on her man. chest, on her face. Sorry. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're really happy that you guys got to join us today. And you got to see how gross we are. <laughs> I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our conversation on dating and mental illness. Um it's a challenging subject, but it can be a really rewarding subject because you can find your lifelong love. So, with that being said, we want you to have a great day, night, morning, whatever. <laughs> we love you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.